0: Hello, this is David Clive Price, and you're so welcome to the Asia Business Network Expert Series. Coming up today, we're going to talk about educational exchanges between East and West. And we have an awesome guest in the experts chair today. It is Susan Fang. Susan is a world-leading cross-cultural educational consultant and thought leader with a mission to unlock the next practices in education by levering her expertise in education and bridging the gap in education between East and West. Susan is the co-founder and CEO of Academic Powerhouse, part of Oxbridge Holdings, the world's leading educational consultancy, which provides independent and professional advice on all aspects of UK education, as well as all aspects of China and Far East education. So we're thrilled to have Susan here today. Welcome, Susan.
1: Thank you, David.
0: Great to have you.
1: Thank you. My Uh, pleasure.
0: I'd like to start off, if I may, with a question on East and West cultures and educational exchange. Um, What do Chinese students and parents look for exactly when they choose to study overseas, especially in the UK?
1: Well, you know, us Chinese, we're savvy investors. <laughs> so Chinese parents, Chinese students, when they're looking um, to study abroad, they put on their investment mindset. They're looking for the best ROI, return on investment. However, um, in my opinion, I think they're looking for the more intangible stuff rather than the tangible. So we're talking about prestige, Yes. status, or mm. anything that mm. could add value to their face. When I say face, David, do you am pretty sure you understand what I mean.
0: Well, I understand, but for the listeners, that's a very important concept in Asia, in general, and in China in particular, about saving face. Not doing anything that will put your Partner or your counterpart in an embarrassing situation, not make perhaps asking too direct question, expecting a yes or no answer, things like this. So that's a, a little aside. Yes. So for yeah. their face and for also for prestige and status. Yes
1: indeed so um anything that will help boost their personal and family values family values is particularly important because in china um there is no sense of self the smallest unit of a community is family so um i would say Um, Chinese parents and students often look for famous names. And the most obvious in the U.S., for example, are the Ivy League institutions. In the U.K., that would be Oxbridge and some of the um, university colleges. And secondly, um, funnily enough, um, they will also look for famous town names. So any university with a name that sort of Echoes the town such as in the UK. We have Manchester Liverpool and to a certain extent London School of Economics and Politics because it has the name London right. the Capital city yeah, yeah. <laughs> These three universities um, Of course, they're all very very good universities, but if you look deeply sometimes they might not um, be quite up there with what we in the UK think are the Durham's the San Andrews, the Exeter, or even a business school such as Cranfield. However, Chinese will not look at that. They rather think, hey, I actually recognise the name, yeah. the city, so they will look right. that.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. The recognisable names are so important. I suppose that translates also in for brands also recognizable brands uh, over in China yes. and in Asia in general. Um, so they're looking for brands, that, they're looking for locations that they can understand like London or Manchester and they're looking for prestige um, and status um, and how about the family how does the family fit into fit into this are they looking for places for example where they can easily come and visit as as a family
1: well some Parents, I mean, if they're actually bringing their children here at a younger age, um, say independent boarding schools, and of course, distance to the um Heathrow Airport being very important in their um mentality. Having said that, um, once we explain to the family that, um, you are coming from China, and most of the time the parents will be living and residing in China, it doesn't matter whether your children. Are studying in a school nearer to Heathrow or closer to Edinburgh because it, the distance between China and the UK is the same, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I wouldn't say distance to an airport or to a municipal city is that important. It's all about it is all about the brand names of the university, how recognisable it is. Um, among their communities, and I'm talking about the Chinese community, rather than, say, in the UK or the US.
0: And what about for the universities, for example, do, is it important for, that they have a, a school of uh, Far East studies or Chinese studies, or is that, is that really not necessary because, after all, they're coming from... What, what are they looking for in terms of, um, in terms of subjects, what, what they're going to be studying... Yes, and and do the universities? You know, the choice of universities. Does that play a part in that?
1: Yeah. Well, right now, um, the the subject area that attracts Chinese is always going to be business, and when I say business, it covers a whole wide realm. Um, The top of the list will be accounting and finance. Right. And then it comes to business and management. uh, To a certain extent, international business management. Right. And the third will be marketing. Now, MBA is not so much of a pull because majority of the Chinese students, they like to do their studies in one go. So that means um, having done um, the degree, the bachelor's degree, they go straight on to their master's degrees, which means um, MBAs automatically might not be their top of the list because they haven't got any work experience in order to um, help them get into, get admitted to the top MBA schools.
0: Right, so they're looking for hard business subjects really that will stand them in good stead going forward in terms of business largely, not so much the softer, shall we say, cultural studies or languages, etc.,
1: so Unfortunately, forth. no, not at this stage. Right. Um, I would say maybe in five years, ten years' time, China is changing, and um, the time it takes for China to change will be much, much faster than, say, the time it took Japan or Taiwan, for instance. Uh-huh. Um, I'm from Taiwan. Yes. My personal experience of Taiwan is that um, back into the 80s, A lot of Taiwanese families are sending their children to the USA Mm. for um, postgraduate studies and it's very, very much focused on the business, the finance, and the marketing. However, 20 years on, well, it's now uh, coming up to 40 years on, um, we've already seen the market shifting and changing. Taiwanese families and Taiwanese students these days are looking more about the creative arts. Yes.
0: Uh,
1: It could be very... Um, pragmatic, you know, applied art and design, or Mm -hmm. it could be design management or creativity, creative entrepreneurship, that sort of area. And they're also beginning to look into international development. Right. About charity, about how to contribute in a third world. Um, So they're going through a process where Japan was going through maybe 30 years before. So I anticipate China will go through that in the next five and ten years' time. When the whole of the economy of China, the disparity between uh, in wealth uh, becomes more narrower, when everyone um, is more content with their materialistic life, and they'll start thinking about contribution to society. Right. So that's my prediction.
0: Well, it's a very interesting one, especially for uh, UK universities and schools thinking forward. Um, in that context, what would be your top tips for UK universities and schools, or Western universities and schools, yes. or, on recruiting yes. or marketing students from China? Well, it
1: really helps if your your university or schooling have a city name that resonates in yes. China. Yes, in USA, it's like Boston, Washington, New York. Try to get these names into your the name, the title of the school or the university. I think that would. Uh, play a major part. But back to your first question, um, which I answered about the ROI, which is what the Chinese are looking for. Um, really, um, they want their children to go to a place, a universal school, um, so that they can actually talk about it mm. and be really proud of it. Yes, yes. And hopefully don't have to take too much of explaining. They just have to say the name. Right. And exactly. another thing, which is ranking. Yes. Chinese, so all the Chinese. We Chinese, we love ranking. Let's <laughs> go back to the um the Han Dynasty time uh, uh-huh. because the whole Chinese um emperor um system is based on the imperial examination system. Yes. And that system really did help shape China's intellectual, cultural, and political life. Yeah. So I think it's in our blood, um, to go into exams and through the examination, uh, you have. Uh, a ranking system where you rank all the you know the top scorers, and the top ones will always get the better job or the better position um, in in the in their political career, and hence it's a reflection of society. That's a very so, yes. so name and ranking. Unfortunately, you just have to um, well, what we call it in industry, play the game. Play. <laughs>
0: It's a very, <laughs> yeah. it's a very curious point, isn't it? And I haven't thought about that. But of course, the old imperial civil service exams was, yeah. and scholar officials, that's all very much in Chinese history and heritage. And somehow, as you say, mm-hmm. must be there deep down in the blood. So UK mm-hmm. universities and schools should take that on board yes. um, in their rankings and in their search for rankings and the way they present rankings, I guess, Um a recent survey showed that Chinese consumers choose their agents for um, for for universities and schools mostly based on reputation. Mm. Again, the reputation is, is so important. So what's your advice for UK universities and schools, Western universities and schools on on choosing a good agent in China?
1: Okay, um, I've read that survey as well, David. I'm so glad that you brought it up today. Um, now, that survey is really um, about how Chinese family consumers choose an agent. Okay, and that's right. the reputation. Um, um, I, although it's important because obviously the, the more reputable the agents are among the Chinese, uh, the more customers they're going to get. However, um, I think it will be wrong for a Western university or a Western school to choose an agent purely based on how reputable or how popular or famous they are among the Chinese societies, because they might not be the right fit for that Western institution. So um, my advice would be for the Western um, institution wanting to tap into the China market, number one, you need to define your objective. Mm -hmm. Okay, this objective, it could be, I mean, I think, you know, there are four that spring to my mind immediately. Is it as simply as student recruitment? Bums on seat. Is that what you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. Or it could be you want to establish institutional links, whether at a school level or at a university level. And that could be, you know, cultural exchange, recent exchange, or even co-owned program. Okay, so I think because different objectives well, may you need to choose a different partner. And may, it could be, very well be that you want to enhance your brand awareness in China. Yes. And number four, I would say maybe you want to establish some sort of alumni network so you can continue this influence. Right. Okay, so it really depends on the objective. And then you'll find the different agent to fit Those goals. So, but generally speaking, I would say there are five rule of thumb factors. First of all, if you're a UK institution, you've got to find an agent that's UK focused. Mm -hmm. Same thing if you're from the US, you've Mm -hmm. got to find an agent that has, you know, has track record of sending students to the US and they really know what they're doing. Right. And often these days, agencies, particularly the big ones, the really humongous ones. They want to do everything. They're so greedy. They do US, UK. They do a bit of Europe. They even do, you know, Pan-Asia.
0: Yes, there's a lot of global <laughs> yeah. agents, aren't there? I've yeah, noticed a lot of that.
1: of global agents. So and don't be fooled thinking, oh, they're so big. They do everything. They must know it. No. Uh, you, uh, I think as, uh, if you're looking for a partner, you've got to do your due diligence right. and find out how good are they in the certain countries that you want to work with them. If you're a UK institution, you've got to see. So, how good are they in you know dealing with the UK? So, focus is very important. Focus on the market. And secondly, I would say size it does mm-hmm. matter in terms of choosing agents. Um, you know, big and small it will fit different purposes. If you want bums on you should. You just want the nums coming in. Maybe you go for a big agent has lots of offices all around the country, and. That's very focused on the um on your on your destination of study, say so a UK university. There are big ones, say Birmingham. They're huge. Right. If they want to fill the number, possibly they need to partner with a big agents UK focus agency, and they can ensure the numbers will come in. However, if your purpose is to really um focus on certain departmental um uh, needs. So, you know, you don't just want to fill your business school, which is a very, very easy, easy task. Mm Because like I said, all Chinese, you don't really have to do much marketing Mm -hmm. and then come to a business school if you have a brand and as such. But Mm -hmm. if you want to fill, say you mentioned about humanities and all the other social science subjects, that's something the Chinese currently are not um, purchasing into, not Mm -hmm. uh, wanting to study. Then you need to find an agent that's willing to work with you. And I'll be very honest, they, they would not be the big agents. Right. Yeah, because the, the big agents, you know, they would do the easy task. It's yeah. easy for them to fill the numbers. When would they focus on the other? What the, To them, it's much more challenging tasks. So I think, re, you know, the size will matter. And bigger, small, you know, there's no uh, the advantage of both
0: so you have the challenge really of of finding the right agent for mm-hmm. your type of uh, studies course sector etc and at the same time, there are, I think there must be some uh, further challenges in, in order to find, as in business, in order to find the right partner, mm. in order to find the right agent. You, there are cross-cultural challenges involved there, don't you think? There must be, yes, yes, yes. you have to understand how the Chinese uh, ways of doing things uh, um, works. Mm. So what, what, what do you think are the main cross-cultural challenges you, you've encountered in this role?
1: Well, there's so many. I don't know where to start. <laughs> yes, right. um, okay, okay. Um, I think very importantly is the management of expectation on both sides. Yeah. So, say, from the Chinese point of view, um, you know, things move very fast in China. They expect things to be turned around overnight. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, you've got to make them understand um, in the West things work differently. There are rules and there are certain... Um, time frame that you need to respect to get things done so time management is one thing you know yeah. trying to explain to the Chinese that you you know in China you might be able to turn this around in one day in UK or the US it might be a one week it could yeah. be two weeks yes. Yes. Hmm. and also to the Chinese um they have a certain mentality, fixed mind, about what makes a good school or a university. Mm-hmm. You know, they like to see the hardware of things rather than the software. Mm-hmm. What I mean by hardware is that like the campus and the school ground are going to be big, be, um, you have to have a very monumental building, and the facilities going got to be very modern, and, oh, the families, the parents really, really love good accommodations, and it's all about en-suites. All
0: right, right, that's and, what, what I mentioned mind, earlier, it, yes.
1: it's yeah. They, they probably come from very wealthy family, they will, you know, right from a young age, they have ensuite bedrooms themselves, one to, one to each bedroom. So that is something if um, Western University want to, they really need to up their games in terms of their um, sort of hardware facilities. But also uh, to the Chinese, I think um, they, we need to work on the Chinese to make them understand there are certain rules and regulations in the West that they need to respect. Because after all, coming to the U.K. or the U.S. to study is not just about getting that degree, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. always about um, acclimatization and really adapting to a different culture. So think little things like they need to understand, to meet someone you need to make an appointment. You can't just go up and turn yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Or um, if you decide um, something's not for me or for them... Um, you need to give notice. You can't just say, "Okay, we're going to stop the deal now," or "I will pull my daughter, pull my son out of the school straight away." You know, notice is important. Right. And I think another thing with some very tricky is certain roles in schools or university they have a different meaning, a different um, um, status than these roles in China. I'll give you an example. For example, um, housemaster, housemistresses in UK independent schools. And I'm pretty sure this will, you know, be the same in the US. Um, This is very important and highly respected roles. In fact, um, after this person is a housemaster or a housemistress, their next step could be the deputy headmaster or even the headmaster of the next school. So in terms of a school career ladder, housemaster and housemistress are very highly respected. However, in China, um, if you have a school, a boarding school, um, let's say, um, housemasters and housemasters are, are just re- regarded as uh, such as matron. So I think it's this different kind of expectation of the role that we need to um, sort of convey to the Chinese to make them understand you need to show respect.
0: Respect. Mm. Well, that, Susan, this has been a really fascinating conversation and I really appreciate the time you're taken to do this. Um, just before I let you go, I have one final question. You've been running your business for over 15 years. To what do you attribute your success and what could listeners learn from your experience with East West Exchange in a right. nutshell?
1: OK, um, I think passion is very important. I'm very passionate about education. Um, and I'm in it for the long term, long term rather than the short term. Um, my mission has always been helping people, whether they're students, families or corporations or even education institutions. It goes both ways, wanting to make a better transition between the East and West or vice versa. Um, it's never about purely um, the business goal of, um, of making money. So I think the mission, if, you, if your mission is to help others, the other things will come. So I guess that's what I wake up every day and be very energetic and wanting to do things that, you know, the things that I do. And that's what keeps me going.
0: And that's what comes up very strongly in in what you say and how you approach the subject. Your passion comes over and wanting to be of service and help. And I'm sure that's a really important tip uh, that listeners will want to think about and prepare themselves for if they're uh, dealing with uh, East-West educational exchange. So, that's it for today. I'd like to thank Susan for being my guest. Thank you, Susan.
1: Thank you, David. I really enjoyed it.
0: It's been great to have you. And if you'd like to know more, please visit Susan's website at www.academicpowerhouse.com. That's one word, academicpowerhouse.com which is also there at the links below. And listen in to more news and views on doing business in Asia at Asia Business Network Expert Series, to which you can also subscribe on iTunes. So until the next time, happy listening.